Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Friday, a football Friday at that. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Millers. We talk sports with you right up until noon. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Jeff Hughes in about oh, 10, 12 minutes. Uh, TheBearsBlog.com. Jeff Hughes will join us. We will preview the Bears and, more importantly, or just as importantly, it is a team sport. Kenneth, uh, Justin Fields will take a look at um, what's he going to do against that Browns defense coming up on uh, Sunday in the early time slot. And you just broke the news, at least to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of pissed off Bears fans, <laughs> Central Iowa. Well, not Bears fans, fans of the NFL. Late window. Oh, right, 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 right. The Vikings yes. are on locally. That means Rams, Buccaneers, if you don't have NFL Sunday you ticket. You are maybe not going to see the best game of the weekend? Year? It, well, I'm really excited. I am, too. I am, too. Are we out thinking? I mean, does it just seem, you, You're getting Brady and you're only given one? Yeah. Last year, he really struggled against the Rams. What the Rams do, that zone defense that they play, has been something that has been a bit of a bugaboo mm-hmm. for Brady. So and He hasn't struggled very much, and he, he learns his not. lessons very well. Yes, he does. You don't think he's been studying the tape from last year just a little bit. The Buccaneers are kind of a weird team, though. They've given up points. There's a lot yeah. of talent on you that side. You can throw the ball against them. they got Stafford now, as mm-hmm. opposed to Jared Goff. I think it's just going to be a great game. Well, I do, too. Great, great afternoon window. It, it, it is. Well, yeah, sadly, I won't see very much of it because... Um, Broncos and the Jets. Speaking of Sunday ticket, uh, just found out this year with the Sunday ticket, they now have, you have to do it on their app, mm-hmm. but the Sunday ticket app that you can get for your phone, your iPad, they have condensed versions of every NFL game. Like the what the Big Ten Network does? Right, like the BTN and yeah. 60 that we both love yeah. to go through and be able to watch every play and just do it very quickly. They have it condensed down to 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That was And how much extra is that? It's not. It's really? part of your DirecTV Sunday ticket. Now, maybe it's part of the Max package. I don't know. But I know it's part of my package. So found that out over the weekend. Mm. That was really nice. Being able to go through a couple of games that, you know how it goes. You just sure. you miss so much. Right. Because there's so much going on. And being able to fly through everything in 30 minutes, it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Well, uh, it's going to be a good weekend. There's some really good games in the NFL this weekend. We'll touch on a few of them uh, here coming up. We'll also let you know who won the uh, Iowa-Colorado State tickets. If you get a chance, I'm pretty sure I found the winner, but Mm -hmm. want to get your eyes on it, Commissioner Condon, uh, to make sure that I am... That I didn't miss something. Was it Joe? It's Joe McConkie. Yeah, right? he had 33. He, he's right on the money. Nailed and, it. And he's got the fuller dental, so we'll have to get the tickets to Joe McConkie, who uh, had 33. Look, we've got tickets to all of the home games for the Hawks this year, so Penn State tickets will be, well, we'll do something maybe on Iowa's Friday night game next week against Maryland. 
Well, we'll see. We've got some time to figure that out, but we will have Penn State tickets to give away. Thank you to Fuller Dental, a couple of locations, Altoona, and, of course, East 29th Street in Des Moines. Uh, the NFL game was good last night. I, we're not going to talk a lot of baseball today, so let's get this in very quickly. As we said yesterday, it's becoming more and more apparent that the Cardinals will not lose uh, <laughs> again this year. Trent, it's unbelievable. They're down five zip yesterday and roaring back to win eight to five. Uh, and the beat goes on for the St. Louis Cardinals. I heard uh, Fails yesterday during Murphy and Andy, and he said, ah, they're down five nothing. Well, it looks like the streak's over. And here they come mm. roaring back and get it done again. 25 to one. Those are the World Series odds. To right win, now, right now to win the World Series? 12 to one to win the National League. Huh? Crazier things have happened. Yeah. 83 and 79 Cardinals team won a World Series. They did. This they, team's better than that. This team is way better than that. This team was left for dead by a lot of people. Myself included. We said goodbye to Brian Walton around Labor Day and said, <laughs> we'll see you next spring. Yep. Thanks for doing this for us. But he'll be with us on Tuesday to preview the final week of the uh, season. Well, football was good last night. I, how much of the college game did you watch? Appalachian State and uh, and Marshall. As Appy State pulled it out. More than I anticipated. Me too. It was a pretty good game. It was. It was back and forth. Marshall had the lead. It was big plays all over the place. How about that catch in the end zone by the Appy State kid? Trent, that How he got was, a foot down? I have no idea. Because the ball, it wasn't a clean catch. It kind of came up to his chest. I, absolutely. If you haven't seen the play, go back and mm-hmm. go to ESPN.com. Did you think, did you think he got it? Initially, no. I had I, no I, there's no way. Because there's that little movement initially as he's catching the football. Mm-hmm. And, well, no, he, there's no way. And then you see that. It looked like first foot initially out of bounds. Well, no way. Yeah, and then you see the replay. I know, touchdown. And they got it right. And replay's not been good uh, in, in all sports this year. But anyways, I needed look. that one. You did need that one because I got Appy State. Oh, that's right. Yeah, future to win yep, the Sun yep, Belt. Yep. So yeah, that was a big one. Indeed, it was. Uh, speaking of big, big news from the NFL. Trent, I absolutely love the announcement that they. Uh, made official this morning, but kind of leaked out last night. Wild Card Weekend is expanding to three days. Are you kidding me? Inject that right into my veins. We've got a couple of Wild Card games on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, January the 15th is Wild Card Weekend. It's pushed back this season. Love it. Mm-hmm. So 335 and 715, so Saturday night football. Sunday, we'll have three games, 1205, 340, and 715. And then Monday night football at 7.15. Here's the only thing that can ruin it for me, not for most of you in the listening audience, technology. (laughs) We do not know where this game is going to be carried yet. It is not an ESPN Monday Night Football. Now, they may get it, Mm -hmm. but there's been nothing set in stone. Are they opening up the door for a .com or an online to come in and and pay an exorbitant amount of Monday for an NFL wildcard game online only? Please don't be the case. Please don't be the case. We'll figure it out. If that's the case, we will get to that point. But, yeah, we talked about Amazon. They're coming. Yeah. That would be obviously the one that you kind of point to here. That would make sense, right? Or does the NFL... They've improved the Monday night package because for the last five years, it was just so ugly. It was terrible. So many bad games in there. They finally relented. Understand, all right, we got to help our TV partner out Mm -hmm. a little bit here. And we have got better games the last two years, but coupled with, they always got that early Saturday wildcard kickoff. That's their playoff game. Yeah, Houston. You throw them a bone. And it's going to cost more money. Sure. I'm sure that's going to be part of the negotiation. But Big Monday's but. scheduled on on ESPN at that time. Well, that's pretty easy. Well, I get it. I'm yeah. with you. I mean, that's you're, you're certainly going what to the I'm hoping. You're going to ESPNU. Yep. Sorry, Kansas. Mm-hmm. This is where you're going to be. And are not the, the networks at that time 
aren't we into primetime programming on ABC, CBS, and NBC? All the hour-long shows? Sure. Aren't we aren't But that's they another back? one where you say, we're delayed for two weeks. I hope that's the case. Well, and a lot of times they take that break around Christmas time and then they come back. back in the middle of January. You're going to come back at the end of January. That works for me. ABC is going to say, yeah, I, we love having mm-hmm. whatever programming it is, but look at the numbers. It's pretty simple. NFL wants to play on Monday. We will put them on Monday. If they're going to be our partner, no. we will do it. We'll make it work. So the division around whoever plays on Monday will have to get one of those Sunday windows. Absolutely. right? They're, just, they're not going to make them come nope. back and play on a Saturday. Well, we'll see. It's all new and it's all good as far as I'm yeah. concerned. More football is good. Uh, as we uh, look, it's be in a perfect world. This thing drags out at some point to President's Day weekend, mm-hmm. right? Because We're there's a lot there. of folks. I think we are. Yeah. A lot of folks get that uh, Monday off. All right, the BMW Des Moines guest list. Didn't we start on this? And, I, I think so. Uh, okay, got anyways, sidetracked. Uh, we did. So Jeff Hughes, as we said eight minutes ago, will join us in now five minutes, and we'll talk about those Bears and the Browns at ten thirty. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com on Iowa and Colorado State. At 1045, Dave Sproul on Iowa State heading to Waco to take on Baylor. 11.05, Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football. We will give you, the listener, an opportunity about 11.35 to win some barbecue from Claxons before we make our picks. And Condon is red hot, 11-4 so far after three weeks of the season. Uh, one and two on best bets, but eleven and four overall, and off to a commanding league in our little head-to-head play. I am liking the card this week. It was a slow burn to get to this point; took a while. So one thing I'm doing, I'm in a couple pick 'em contests. When you pick five games every week, the other six, and I pick games right away at the early part of the week, and then as the week progresses, kind of go back. What did I like earlier in the week? And I had changed everything from where I was early in the week and. Those are the weeks when you dig a little bit deeper mm-hmm. and you find some things. And boy, what was I thinking back on Monday? <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of wild how you do that. But I uh, really did a lot of homework on things last night. I am in love with one of the biggest games of the college weekend, Notre Dame Wisconsin. We'll get into that a little mm-hmm. bit later. That is my best bet. There's a little something coming on later. I just absolutely love that game. I'm seeing things clearly. It's a good place to be. No, it is, and you're eleven and four, and that backs up the fact that you're seeing things clearly. We'll get to the Ryder Cup in a second. Uh, as we were, as I was looking yesterday through the slate, and you said at some point, maybe yesterday, maybe the day before, that you didn't think it was the best week of college football. Not really. And you know, I guess I didn't look at it as closely as as you had at that point. Because I immediately scoffed at that. Oh, I mean, of it's college football. It's, mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? We're the last week in September. You're trying to tell me this is a stinker? No way, Condon. You're nuts. It's not the. It's not the best. It's not great. I mean, there's a few games. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But it's not the. It's not the best. We only have what two games involving top twenty-five teams playing each other. The aforementioned Wisconsin Notre Dame. Yeah. The other one being Texas A&M Arkansas. I think that thing's going to be a slog fest. By the way, who do you like in that game? Do you have an opinion? I like. I like Arkansas. the under. So you like the under? I like the under. Yeah. I think 48, those two teams, and how good those two teams are defensively. Yeah, that's the that's the way that I'm leading in that one. But outside of that, you know, Rutgers-Michigan, I'm kind of intrigued by. Just because Rutgers' record? They're 3-0. Yeah. They move the football. Michigan, are they real? They have looked just so dang good. Mm-hmm. But we've fallen into this trap before mm-hmm. with Harbaugh. Yep. Uh, kind of looking forward. But that's a 230. we got both Iowa and Iowa State playing at that time. There's another 2:30 game that kind of moves my needle too. Well, that's the Texas A&M Arkansas game. Yes, that's, that's the it, CBS right. game yep. from Jerry World. So that's also at that time. K State Oklahoma State. Oh, good one, right? 
it's ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. And we just know how difficult, yeah. especially, it's one thing for a basketball game where you're just kind of locked in. But flipping during football, because you only have really the one day for it, it's just so much more difficult to. I know. Get used to it as far as the Big 12. It all right, seems like get the app out. There. All right. I'm gonna, even with the, my smart TV down in the basement. All right, so you got to click on. All right, this one. See, it's not know. as easy. It's not. It's just, not. I, I'm, I'm old you. like you. I don't yeah, I, like it. I just know, unfortunately, this is the way that we're going. Yeah, I, it is. So, how much Kansas State, Oklahoma State am I well, really going to see? I, I would love to see most of the game trends. Right. Need to get a condensed version. Well, um, does the Big Twelve do? I don't know if they do, or th- I don't think that they do. Uh, what What else from yesterday? I had one more point I wanted to. Oh, the Ryder Cup. So, if you watched it, it was great to ch- get up this morning, put on the coffee pot, yep. and turn on the TV and watch a little golf. Um, right now, it looks as though after the uh, the first matches of the morning, the Americans are going to have a lead in this thing and uh, maybe win three of the four matches that are that are. Um, playing out right now early anyways that crowd already Trent, did you see when they opened the gates <laughs> yes. it's pitch dark outside and they are lubed up oh and just racing to the to grab their spot you know what's very apparent um as i would love to go there mm-hmm. what a gorgeous gorgeous yes. venue the lake michigan and it's it's beautiful i've heard people say it is as beautiful of a place to go golf mm-hmm. as there is in the country and that's Counting places like Pebble right. and things like that. Just you're on a lake, but it feels like you're almost on the ocean. Right. And it's it's absolutely beautiful. My buddy, when he was in Hazeltine up in Minnesota a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, he dressed up because he's a goober and he likes <laughs> to do those kind of things. So, you know, he had the red, white, and blue pants on and doing all that stuff. But Rusted said it's an environment. He has been to sporting events everywhere. He's mm-hmm. just one of those guys, single guy still in his late 30s that, well, he's single. He can go and do whatever he wants. But He's been a lot of places. He said that environment is something completely different than any big football game, playoff baseball game that he's been to, the Ryder Cup. It's hard to describe. It's a hard time for it, but it is just completely different. different. I I saw a similar tweet this morning. Some guy that, uh, uh, I don't remember who it was, but been to three Super Bowls, been to Final Fours, seen World Series, seen college uh, football playoff game. There's nothing that compares was his... Um, it was how he put it. Well, I'll take his word for it because he's not the only one to say that. Uh, the patriotism comes out, right? It's the red, white, and blue. But boy, oh boy, I just know what it was like walking into a Super Bowl for the first time. It was like nothing I had ever experienced. Super Bowl thirty-one, New England and Green Bay didn't really have a dog in the fight. It was a it was a big point spread, if memory serves. Green Bay was double. Digit favorite, maybe 14? Um, didn't live up to it, but boy, oh boy, it was something walking into it. And if you hear folks say that that's the same feeling they get, and it's even elevated when they walk into the Ryder Cup, take their word for it. Let's get Jeff Hughes to bearsblog.com. He loves golf. Uh, he also loves the Bears. We're going to talk about both of them. Hello, Jeff Hughes. you got to be right in your element this morning, right? Well, I just had to mute the Ryder Cup to do this radio spot with you guys. <laughs> so, yes, I... I uh... I think this is going to be a terrific Ryder Cup for the United States. I, I absolutely believe that we're seeing the end of an era for a lot of these European guys, the mm-hmm. Lee Westwoods, the Ian Poulters. Yep. And you're already seeing this morning, uh, DJ and Morikawa look great. Cantlay and Xander look great. Uh, I just don't see how the back end of this European roster is going to hold up on, on Sunday for singles. Feels like a four or five point win for the U.S. I said before, and I know you like to bet also, Jeff, there's one of two ways. Either take Europe to win this thing outright, because if it's tight, they always seem to find a way. Or 
you take one of those adjusted odds and you lay three and a half, four and a half, something like that. The U.S. is going to win it. I think this is going to be a blowout, like you said. Yeah, well, I also bet Europe to win it, so I don't want to be disingenuous here. Yeah. I saw it plus 240 the other day, and I said, you know, these guys outperform their week-to-week performances every time they show up for this event. But I think you're asking a lot when you have guys like Rory not in form, Poulter not in form, Westwood and Fitzpatrick not in form, Hatton not in form. That's five out of 12 guys. And you just can't hold up against a roster as good and deep as this U.S. roster and the one thing I, I tweeted about this morning, uh, and this will be my last Ryder Cup point, you know, other than the miracle at Medina, which was this sort of anomaly, the home team has won this thing since 2006. Right. right. So uh, we, can, we can always talk about, well, why don't the U.S. do this? Why don't the U.S. do that? On home soil, they are vastly different than they have been on the road. That's a lot of course setup. That's a lot of fans. Uh, I just don't see a scenario where they lose this week. Well, do you feel that way about the Bears? You know, i got to be honest with you, and maybe it's because I've got the field hysteria, <laughs> but I think this game has is now starting to line up pretty good for the Bears. Defensively, I didn't expect them to play the way they played in Week 2 against the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought the Bengals were a matchup nightmare for them. The Bears are, are have no depth at corner. The Bengals have wide receivers coming out of, coming out of every end of that roster, and they shut them down. Uh, they, left, they left some garbage points late, but they basically shut them down. I don't think this Browns team can spread you out and attack your corners. Baker throws a lot to the tight end. They are a heavy run team. I think this, this, this matchup is good for the Bears defense, and I just think Fields will give them that added element of speed and mobility and the ability to extend drives and plays that will keep that defense on the sidelines, keep the offense on the field. I think the Bears have a good chance to win Sunday. Beckham Jr., by the way, is going to play, apparently. Saw that. Yeah, just came through a little bit earlier. Jeff, uh, from there, I uh, talked to one of my friends in Chicago. He flipped on the radio yesterday. He listened to the score and to ESPN 1000, basically all at his desk all day long. And he said, there was not a segment where Justin Fields did not come up. (laughs) You you mentioned the Fields hysteria. It's at a level, and this is not hyperbolic, that has never been seen in anybody's lifetime that is a no. Chicago Bears fan. No, and I wrote about this either today or yesterday, I think actually this morning. You can't blame anyone. I mean, in no one's lifetime has there been a guy who had superstar potential. Listen, they drafted Mitch early, they traded for Cutler, but those guys came with caveats from day one and really never overcame those caveats. With Cutler, it was his personality. Mm-hmm. With Mitch, it was some basic ability issues. He couldn't hit a deep ball. And he didn't have that superstar personality. It was a lot of cliches. There was a lot of coach speak, which is fine to a certain degree. But you want that quarterback who is going to be the star. The jersey sales went to top five from day one. Everyone knows what Sunday is. And Sunday is the beginning, the beginning. of an era for this kid. And all he has to do is show, show that basic uh, ability to command the game. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to have gaudy stats. He doesn't have to blow anybody away. But he has to make sure he gives Nagy the Bears full permission to end the Andy Dalton era and begin this process. And I think he's going to do that. So why did Nagy come out? Was he taking pressure off fields? Why, why did he come out earlier in the week? And I guess he left his press conference without making it clear that this is Dalton's job and had to send some of the media personnel back into the, the, the press room and yeah. and actually you know make, make Nagy's statement for him that this is Andy Dalton's job once he comes back. I don't believe it for a minute, but what's behind it? 
Nobody believes it for a minute. And, and I, I truly believe they have tried to make this transition for Fields as easy as possible and as pressure-free as possible. They have coddled him. And I think they have incorrectly coddled a kid who doesn't need coddling. I always ask this question to people, and no one ever gives me an answer. You don't ever hear, or do you ever hear, of someone saying, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take our time with this inside linebacker we drafted 11th overall, and we're going to work him into the lineup slowly. You don't hear that at tackle or inside linebacker or safety or corner. Every other position on the football field, when these guys are drafted with that kind of capital, they go out there and play. And for some reason, coaches are very wary of doing that with quarterbacks. And sometimes it can be as simple as two or three games. A lot of these guys have been drafted high, and then week four you see them, week six you see them. I think from what I've been told in the last few weeks, week four was a target date for Matt Nagy, especially as of late as field has been more and more impressive in practice. So I think that Nagy just wanted to say, hey, if the kid goes out there on Sunday and looks lost, if he can't get the plays in, if he can't get the ball to his receivers, if the protections are wild, it gives Nagy the ability to say, listen, we're going to keep working him along. Dalton comes back, and Dalton's the starter for the next few weeks. But I, there's no one in that building who expects or wants that to happen. The excitement level, it's palpable. But this team still has plenty of warts. What Ultimately, what's considered a successful season? Fields, let's say that... He's okay, and he starts the rest of the year. What's a successful season for the 2021 Bears? I need to see what happens Sunday, Trent. And I know that sounds strange right now. It's you know The radio segment would be make or break or, or show me now. If they win Sunday with Detroit next and Oakland the week after that, you're now talking about a team that's most likely going to be 3-1 and one after 4, which I didn't have. And all of a sudden, if Fields plays well, we're talking about a team that can get to 9, 10, 11 wins. This, this division's not great. Uh, Green Bay's defense is not great. Minnesota's just simply not great. They've got some great weapons. Yep. Detroit, we know, is bad. So uh, I think if we see this team come out Sunday and win this game, the expectations will immediately change. Now, I hope people curb it to a degree. The rookie quarterback is going to struggle. They all do. But I think if they win Sunday, it'll be fair for fans to say, hey, maybe they can... Uh, cover up the lack of corner depth. Maybe this offensive line will be improved by the mobile quarterback. There's a lot of question marks on this team, but a lot of those questions can be answered if Fields plays well and they win Sunday. Uh, so do you like Green Bay to uh, – or do you like the Niners to pick off Green Bay and make this uh, division even closer as we get through three weeks? I don't. I don't. I, I think that Aaron Rodgers is is – you know when you, when you go with a friend to a casino and the friend like sits at a roulette table and just puts all of his money on like every number and you ask him why and he goes, eh, why not? I feel like Aaron Rodgers is playing football like that right now. I feel like he's seeing this season as a complete write-off. He knows he's out of there at the end of the year. Week one was a disaster. He looked way better in week two. Aaron Jones looked dynamic. I think that Packers team will get better as the season goes on. The question they have to answer is, they hire the right guy to run the defense because the defense should not be as bad as it is through two weeks. And after seeing the Saints against the Panthers, we really have to question how the Saints did what they did to Green Bay in week one. I'm still favoring Green Bay to win this week. I still favor them to win the division. But I am far less bullish than the guy who picked them to go to the Super Bowl three weeks ago. 
Jeff, Jeff Hughes to bearsblog.com. We'll let you get back to the golf. Enjoy it. Uh, we will talk to you down the road, Jeff Hughes. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you, Jeff Hughes to bearsblog.com. So we catch up on the Bears and the Ryder Cup. No change, right? We are still, uh, still, uh, well, up in three and the four. Right? right. Poulter and McElroy made it a little closer, but, uh, they're looking as though they're going to put that one in the bag. Yep. Winning three and four. So far, Miller and Condon. Uh, we'll be back with Tom Kaker, get into the Hawks, Dave Sproul on the clones about 1045. Bama Bob Trent and I, 1105 picks and klaxons before we get out of here. Congratulations, Joe McConkie. You did win the tickets. You'll be off to see Colorado State uh, invade Iowa as what, a 23.5 point dog? Yeah, that thing keeps ticking higher and higher. Saw a 24 pop up in one of the sports books earlier this morning. Well, we'll see. I love the under. You do. Yes. Colorado State can't score. I don't think so. They threw for 110 yards last week, 109 to the tight end. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I just don't see them seven, ten. Their, their front seven's decent. Petrus, it's got to be the game. I think this is, I think it's got underwritten all over it. We'll see. Miller and Condon. Tom Kaker joins us next. 1460 KX and 0 and Back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We take you until noon. Dave Sproul coming up in about 10 minutes on Iowa State. Right now, it's Colorado State and it's Iowa and it's 2.30 on uh, Saturday afternoon, final non-con tune-up before Big Ten play starts one week from today. And he's Tom Caker, he's HawkeyeReport.com, and he is with us. Hello, Tom. Trenton Ken, how are you? Doing uh, doing really well. Good. Good to hear. Uh, before we get into this game, uh, b- big news made yesterday, uh, the... Um, the Hawkeyes, Iowa's athletic department, is adding women's wrestling. What's behind it? Obviously, Iowa's a big wrestling state. Uh, there was certainly a lot of folks that were hoping that uh, at some point that this would be co- part of the curriculum. It is. Uh, your thoughts, Tom? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's pretty awesome, honestly, uh, because um, you know the high school level girls wrestling has been a growing thing mm-hmm. in the state of Iowa uh, for you know the last. At least five years, I know. I've really kind of noticed this pickup of girls wrestling, and um, and I, I think it's cool that I was the first Power Five institution that is going to add this. And Tom Brands has been a huge advocate. They've had a lot of the uh, uh, USA Olympic uh, women's wrestlers have trained at Iowa over the years. So just awesome. Uh, and uh, I hope it uh, turns out to be really successful, and I hope other programs start having women's wrestling. Being at the forefront, important thing, and mm-hmm. you look at the history of the athletic department going back to mm-hmm. when it was two separate athletic departments, something that Iowa has always strived to be, and really cool to see, certainly. And for the young ladies out there, 600 of them were at the state wrestling tournament over in Iowa City, Coralville last year. Uh, just a great thing for them going forward, uh, what that's going to be. Tom, from there, well, it's been a great start to the Hawkeye football season. There's still holes to be poked in. Let's start with Colorado State coming in, good tight end, decent front seven here, but this should be another tune-up, right? This isn't going to be a tight one in the third quarter, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, you know, I don't know what to make of this 
Colorado State team because I thought they were really bad. I mean, they lost they to South Dakota State pretty convincingly. Yeah. Yeah. That Vanderbilt team is not good, and they lost to Vanderbilt, and that was at Colorado State. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a bandy team that lost to East Tennessee by 25 points. So I just – and then they go to Toledo, but it seems like Toledo got beat twice by Notre Dame. Precisely. Yep. Yeah. I just I just think they stunk it up. And um, I, I kind of think Iowa's going to truck them this weekend. I really do. I think we're just going to look up and it's going to be like 38 to nothing or something in, in, in the third quarter. And um, Iowa's just going to um, dominate this game, I think. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Tom. I mean, our, our old friend Sean Keeler, who used to write for the Registers, now doing uh, similar at the Denver Post. Uh, and I believe he's on the beat, or he certainly uh, drew the short straw to follow uh, the Rams the first two weeks of the season. And he was writing that this team doesn't look as though they're going to win a football game. And then they somehow yeah. won a football game. But, man, I would be shocked. Um, I mean, I don't see him scoring double-digit points against that Hawk defense, Tom. You know the you know the crazy the craziest thing? Uh, right, my game preview. The tight end McBride has 30 receptions this year in three games. Yeah, it's crazy how many catches he has already this year. So who's gonna who's gonna be asked to uh, to limit that uh, pr- production on Saturday? I would guess it's going to be a lot of Justin Jacobs. It's okay, going to be on on him. I think they're going to because they've run a lot of that three tight end set. So um, I think you're going to see Jacobs out there with Belton and probably less uh, less. Uh, uh, Merryweather this week. So this is uh, not exactly a great team to be preparing for Maryland because what they do is going to be completely different than Colorado State. Still, the quarterback question remains. Petrus, you look at the overall numbers, they're pretty good. Didn't turn it over again, but there's still some throws that were left out there on the field. And most importantly, until late in the game, didn't take a shot down the field. Only one pass when more than 15 yards down the field. Does that open up more? Is that still the one box that needs to be unlocked for this Iowa offense? It's 100% the one box that needs to be <laughs> checked off. And it's, you know, half the battle, at least when you look at it from a, a Kirk Ferentz point of view, is don't turn the ball over. And he hasn't done that. I mean, it's been five games now that since, um, you know, going back to last year where before Petra said throwing a touchdown, or, or uh, not a touchdown, uh, an interception. So, I think that's um, half the, as long as he doesn't throw picks. I think everything's going to be okay. I know people were there was some uh, let's just say grumbling in the stands. Mm-hmm. I think on yeah. last Saturday when uh, uh, Petrus made a, a bad throw on a third down, and I think people are on edge about him. And um, but I, you know, he's doing what he needs to do to move the ball and. They've got a formula, and they're using that formula to win games. Is that going to make them uh, have them win every game? I don't know, but um, I think they're going to stick to that formula until they don't have to. Hmm. Tom, with this being the final uh, non-con game, are there still positions, uh, battles being fought uh, as far as offensive line? Might that solidify itself going into Big Ten play? Is there a position that you know that uh, when the coaching staff watches back that uh, that will determine who starts? the Big Ten next week at Maryland? I I just kind of think they're going to keep rotating guys at guard, and I don't know why. It's it's kind of weird. I Maybe they'll settle down with um, once Kyler Schock gets ramped up and, and have him out there basically full-time. I thought it was really interesting last week that uh, at the other guard position with Justin Britt and Connor Colby, Colby got like three-quarters of the reps. Mm. You know, it was like, 
you know, to at least two thirds of them. I think more, maybe more like two thirds of the reps, but still, that's a. I wonder if the true freshman is making his uh, making a stand there and and potentially moving into the starting lineup at uh, at the other guard position. Tom, there's been a ton of speculation about what the Penn State kickoff time is going to be. Our old friend Chris Hassel, he uh, stirred up the hornet's nest a little bit yesterday. His theory that it's going to be a 3 o'clock kickoff. Many pe- people pointing to 11 a.m. Well, did you see what Doc tweeted earlier? The Fox uh, will be on site, mm-hmm. and Doc is leaning to that 3 o'clock kickoff with a possibility of a night kick. What are you hearing, Tom? Yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be. Uh, I I know Iowa wants it to be under the lights. Mm-hmm. They want the game under the lights. That's that's the one thing I can say for for certain. Um, I do know that you know maybe that uh, that big noon kickoff thing. Those guys kind of are pretty interested in uh, in being in Iowa City at some point. I know at least one of the uh, one of the people who's on the panel is very interested in being in Iowa City at <laughs> yeah, some point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before um, he takes the USC yeah. job, yeah, or or uh, yeah, or the the Penn State job yeah, or whatever right. you know, it's, whatever job he's going to take. Um, and I, by the way, not sure he's done coaching either. I think there's. I think he's getting interested again. So there's a reason those are are, are uh, looming out there a little bit. Yeah, this was Doc's tweet. Hearing Fox's big noon kickoff will head to Iowa City for the Penn State game. Also, Maryland-Ohio State will kick off in the 11 o'clock window. Iowa-Penn State is slated for either mid-afternoon, which is, what, 3.30, or evening kickoff. So that's from Doc. We'll see if he's right and his sources are accurate. Yeah, that would be that would be great if they can, uh, you know. The normally they like to have the big noon kickoff game just go right, right. into the, the 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 game. They they like the show going right into it, but I, maybe they're trying to compromise a little bit with Iowa because Iowa has really wanted to make this a more of a marquee game, a night game, and and they've kind of been pointing to that since um, you know last year. But there's there's two games to be played before then, too, guys. Yeah, that's true. Good point. You got to hear from the Iowa basketball team, Fran McCaffrey, and some of the players on Monday. Takeaways from that as we get ready for basketball season. Fran is pretty confident in his team. Uh, uh, I think the big takeaway was he's going to try and play more up-tempo, going to try and maybe press a little more, and uh, and he feels like he's got a lot of depth. So um, I I think that's an interesting uh, thing. You know, you look back a couple years ago when – they were really kind of short, down to like seven guys at one point with, you know, Frederick out and um, Bohannon done for the year. They were just, they were kind of uh, putting things together um, you know, on the fly. And this this team pretty deep, I think. It's going to be, I think one of the interesting things, I'm, I'm, uh, my understanding is Connor McCaffrey's probably going to come off the bench this year and kind of lead that second unit as a veteran. So I, I think that's going to be, an interesting adjustment for um, for the Hawkeyes. Are you headed to the Maryland game next week? Yes. Nice. We'll catch you on the road or in the between flights or how are you? Are you you're, uh, are you driving? No, not going to drive. Um, but I, I'll hopefully be. Uh, I should be on the ground uh, in Maryland by the time we talk. Good stuff. We look forward to it, Tom. Thank you. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Good for you. I'd love to go to that game. Yeah. I would. It's on the bucket list. Yeah. I haven't seen, I've seen every Big Ten stadium except for the two newbies. Mm-hmm. 
Rutgers is going to be on the schedule, at least as it's currently constructed a whole lot in future years. Get out to Jersey, hang out in NYC. Stay away from Newark Airport. Boy, it's a disaster. I've always found it to be anyways. Well, we'll come back. Uh, We just heard the Iowa perspective. Let's hear from Iowa State, shall we? They head on the road to Waco to take on Baylor as about a touchdown favorite. Uh, Dave Sproul. KSI Names is next. 1430 is where you'll hear... Dave Sproul and the Cyclones, that's where they play in Story County. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO in Ankeny. It's time for the Urology Center of Iowa audio cut of the day. For Cam Peoples, where is Nate Noel? 12 carries, 84 yards. He's averaging 7 yards a carry. Bryce again going to throw. Has pressure. Goes to the end zone. That was caught by Sutton. Set up your vasectomy appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa at 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. All right, Millery Condon, welcome back. 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Let's get right to Dave Sproul. Dave Sproul, he's at KASI 1430 on the AM dial. Big 12 play. Here we go. Tomorrow, 2.30, the clones on the road in Waco to take on Baylor. What was a very close football game last year. Uh, Iowa State was trailing at halftime. Double digits, I want to say. 21-10, I think. 21-10. Uh, and then, um, obviously, came back and won the football game. There's no more Charlie Brewer. He is no longer there. In fact, he's um, between schools, as we speak. Uh, let's get Dave Sproul in here. Dave Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Dave Sproul? I am fantastic, fellas. Good to be with you. Nice to be with you. So you took in all the press conferences, the players, the head coach, the coordinators this week. Uh, biggest takeaway from this week as they get set to play Baylor would be what in your mind? Well, it seems like everybody was in a better mood this week for some reason compared to the week before. Uh, I think whooping up on UNLV probably had a lot uh, to do with that. So there were better spirits all the way around. And uh, guys who actually started the game uh, wanted to talk to the media, not just backups. That's, that's always a good sign, too. So it was uh, a good spirit all the way around, feeling like. And, of course, you listen to Matt Campbell long enough, you'll think whoever Iowa State plays that week is a world beater. Uh, but uh, this Baylor squad has certainly got their attention, a lot of respect there. And I'm sure that uh, they'll be uh, they'll be taking this game pretty seriously considering as you guys mentioned not only class la- close last year but two years ago down in waco i was got down 20 to nothing came back took a 21 20 lead uh in the fourth quarter if i remember and then uh late uh, last minute field goal for baylor won that one in yep. 150 degree heat mayor i think was the kid's name that kicked the field goal mayor, they, had, yep. they had struggled with field goals going into that one baylor they played some tomato cans here numbers look really good bohannon's looked really good Big physical quarterback. They've run the football, and they got speed here. You mentioned the attention certainly Iowa State has. We know how good they are defensively, the Cyclones, but what problems do you think Baylor's going to pose for them? Well, one of the things that uh, I think was Matt Campbell mentioned, you know, there's the new uh, offense coordinator for Baylor this season. He was at uh, uh, BYU the last couple of years, and they use a lot of movement. Actually, it was the, the defense coordinator, John Haycock, pointed out. They use a lot of movement, a lot of shifting. Iowa State kind of does the same thing on offense to try to get guys in position, adjust to the defense, and maybe confuse the defense a, a little bit. It sounds like Baylor does a little bit of the same to try to get their guys into space. So it'll be interesting to see how the defense responds to that, if they can stay sound and, and stick with their assignments, even though personnel might shift uh, pre-snap. Uh, I know you guys had a chance to, to speak with Xavier Hutchinson this week. Does he think, or was he asked, or did he offer up that that was his best game as a Cyclone? Boy, he was really good against UNLV. What was different for him last week, Dave? Did he share that? 
Uh, didn't get into that too much specifically, although by the numbers, absolutely, that was a career game for him. Tied a career high in uh, catches and a career high in yards, and I think career high touchdowns with two. One of the things he was asked about and talked about a, a little bit was the yards after catch, and I think you know he had about 30 yards at the point of catch and then 100-plus yards after the catch all co- combined on his reception last week and he, he he was asked you know why he's so good at that and he was like well i don't really know i guess uh but he, he did say he worked a lot on that with uh the receivers coach Nate Shieldhouse, and and got a lot better at that and i think you know getting a full off season in the weight room and the training and all that uh as opposed to you know last season when everybody was forced to be on camp off campus during the uh the off season probably made a big difference in terms of his strength and speed and things like that so he's really coming into, into his own and Obviously, you know, UNLVs don't cover the receiver's policy helped a lot. But other than that, I mean, he certainly showed what uh, he is fully capable of when he gets into space. Speaking of uh, really help, good boy. turning it on, TJ Tampa. <laughs> We've talked a lot about yeah. TJ Tampa. He's a big, tall cornerback, mm-hmm. and it feels like he is he's a guy that's coming into his own now and really helpful outside. Yeah, and he's a guy, if I remember right, he's one of those guys who switched, uh, not only switched positions, but switched from offense to defense. I think he came in as a receiver, but pretty early on uh, during his true freshman season, they, they switched him over the defensive side and it's paying dividends. Now he got his first career start on Saturday and, and got rave reviews from Anthony Johnson when he spoke to the media this week. Didn't get a chance to hear from, uh, from TJ himself, but uh, Anthony had a lot of good things to say about how TJ has come along and how fast he is and uh, just the, the way his skills have developed to put him in a position where he is now a starter, or at least was last week. We'll see if that's actually the case uh, this week. Iowa State does tend to rotate some guys to the cornerback position, so I'm not sure if being a starter is tremendously important, but he was out there when, when the game was still, you know, when it still mattered in that game and, and did a very, very good job there defending UNLV's receivers. Uh, trying to uh, figure out what Matt Campbell means when he says uh, talks about injuries always difficult. Well, would, what's your thought on Orion Vance uh, trying to you know uh, decipher what he's saying? Do you think he's going to play? And if he does, I mean Jer- Gary Vaughn's been unbelievable. Gary Vaughn's been a revelation to me. He's all over the field thirty two. But Orion Vance is the starting a good player in his own right. Does Vance play this week? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think Matt has been a little bit more forthcoming about injuries this season and that indicates to me that he probably doesn't think that the guys who are injured are going to be out for long long term uh but i, I got the impression vance has been out for a little longer than at least than I, I anticipated so it's hard to say if he's going to play this saturday but i get the impression that he will be back on the field it's not going to be every week he's day-to-day until we all just figure out if he's done for the season uh, i think uh the fact that Matt Campbell offers a little bit more information about the nature, not necessarily the nature of the injury, but just his timeline for coming back uh, indicates that he is going to get back on the field at some point. It could be this Saturday, if not shortly thereafter. How long's the leash on Brock Purdy? If things go south in the first half, and we've seen some ugly first-half performances, could we see they're down 10 points? It's, it's 21-10 at the half, like it was a year ago. Could we see all of a sudden Decker's in the game to start the second? Is it that tight? I don't think it's quite that tight, although it's certainly tighter than I anticipated yep. based on, you know, getting benched against against Iowa. I think, you know, and we saw it last year, pretty through three picks, including a pick six in the early going in the first 
two and a half quarters of basically of last year's game against Baylor and then looked like a world beater the rest of that game, brought Iowa State back and then had several weeks in a row where he, he was just at the very top of his game. And then maybe, you know, the confidence coming off that UNLV game last week uh, will carry over. Uh, I would imagine it would take something pretty significant to pull him out of the game, and it probably wouldn't happen until deep into the second half if it's deemed necessary to get him out of there and uh, give Deckers a chance to guide the offense. Uh, who's the team in the Big 12 that um, that this, with, uh, what, three weeks into the season, that uh, you are having to reevaluate, maybe better than you would have thought. Do, is there a team in the Big Twelve that that's got your attention? That um, you know might be that team that you know, in there with Iowa State and Oklahoma, uh, trying to get to Dallas. I'd go with TCU, and and it's weird for me to say that, I guess, in a sense because they got a lot of preseason publicity as a dark horse contender, mm-hmm. but it seemed like everybody was calling them a dark horse contender, which makes you not a dark horse anymore and makes me very suspicious <laughs> as to whether that'll be the case. But nonetheless, TCU has performed very well. Uh, the, the quarterback has looked really good, and they've got a running back now, and their defense is getting back to you know Gary Patterson levels of expectations. So they performed very well, and um, uh, my suspicions might have been unfounded, and all those other experts probably were right that TCU is a dark horse to contend and certainly is playing very good football if they got the uh, iron skillet game with SMU tomorrow. That'll be a fun one to, to see how that turns out. Indeed it will. Dave Sproul, KSI, 1430 on the AM dial in Story County. Dave, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. My pleasure. Dave Sproul, KSI, as we take a look at Iowa State and Baylor. Clones about a seven-point favorite. Bama Bob, Trent and I will go around college football next. It's 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.